Section two of Medea by Euripides. Translated by Gilbert Murray. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Alas, the love that falleth like a flood, strong winged and transitory. Why praise ye him? What beareth he of good to man or glory? Yet love there is that moves in gentleness, heart-filling, sweetest of all powers that bless. Loose not on me, O holder of man's heart, thy golden quiver, nor steep in poison of desire the dart that heals not ever. The pent hate of the word that cavilleth, the strife that hath no fill, where once was fondness, and the mad heart's breath for strange love panting still. O Cyprian, cast me not on these, but sift, keen-eyed, of love, the good and evil gift. Make innocence my friend, God's fairest star, yea, and abate not the rare sweet beat of bosoms without war, that love and hate not. Home of my heart, land of my own, cast me not, nay, for pity, out of my ways, helpless, alone, where the feet fail in the mire and stone. A woman without a city. Ah, not that! Better the end, the green grave cover me rather, if a break must come in the days I know, and the skies be changed and the earth below, for the weariest road that man may wend is forth from the home of his father. Lo, we have seen, tis not a song sung, nor learned of another. For whom hast thou in thy direst wrong for comfort? Never a city strong to hide thee, never a brother. Ah, but the man, cursed be he, cursed beyond recover, who openeth, shattering, seal by seal, a friend's clean heart, then turns his heel, deaf unto love. Never in me friend shall he know, nor lover. While Medea is waiting downcast, seated upon her doorstep, there passes from the left a traveller with followers. As he catches sight of Medea, he stops. Have joy, Medea! Tis the homeliest word that old friends can greet with, and the best. Looking up, surprised. Oh, joy on thee too, Aegeus, gentle king of Athens! But whence comest thou journeying? From Delphi now, and the old in cabin stair. Where earth's heart speaks in song, what mayst thou there? <sighs> Prayed heaven for children, the same search alway. Children, oh God, art childless to this day. So God hath willed, childless and desolate. What word did Phoebus speak to change thy fate? Riddles, too hard for mortal man to read. Which I may hear. Assuredly, they need a rarer wit. How said he? Not to spill life's wine, nor seek for more. Until? Until I tread the hearthstone of my sires of yore. 
And what should bring thee here by Creon's shore? One piteous, knowest thou? High lord of Trozen. Ay, Pelops' son, a man most pure of sin. Him I would ask touching Apollo's will. Much use in God's ways hath he, and much skill. And long years back he was my battle-friend, the truest airman had. Well, may God send good hap to thee, and grant all thy desire. But thou? Thy frame is wasted, and the fire dead in thine eyes. Aegeus, my husband is the falsest man in the world. What word is this? Say clearly what thus makes thy visage dim. He is false to me, who never injured him. What hath he done? Show all that I may see. Tain him a wife, a wife set over me to rule his house. He hath not dared to do. Jason, a thing so shameful. Ay, tis true. And those he loved of yore have no place now. Some passion sweepeth him, or is it thou he turns from? Passion. Passion to betray his dearest. Shame be his, so fallen away from honour. Passion to be near a throne, a king's heir. How? Who gives a bride? Say on. Creon. Who o'er all Corinth standeth chief? Woman, thou hast indeed much cause for grief. Tis ruin, and they have cast me out as well. Who? Tis a new wrong this, and terrible. Creon the king, from every land and shore. And Jason suffers him? Oh, tis too sore. He loveth to bear bravely ills like these. But, Jeus, by thy beard, oh, by thy knees, I pray thee, and I give me for thine own, thy suppliant, pity me, oh, pity one so miserable. Thou never wilt stand there and see me cast out friendless to despair. Give me a home in Athens, by the fire of thine own hearth. Oh, so may thy desire of children be fulfilled of God, and thou die happy. Thou canst know not, even now thy prize is won. I, I will make of thee a childless man no more. The seed shall be, I swear it, sown. Such magic herbs I know. Woman, indeed, my heart goes forth to show this help to thee, first for religion's sake, then for thy promised hope, to heal my ache of childlessness. Tis this hath made mine whole life as a shadow and starved out my soul. But thus it stands with me. Once make thy way to Attic earth, I, as in law I may, will keep thee and befriend. But in this land where Creon rules, I may not raise my hand to shelter thee. Move of thine own essay to seek my house. There thou shalt always stay, invalid, never to be seized again. But come thyself on Corinth. I would fain, even in foreign eyes, be always just. Tis well. Give me an oath wherein to trust, and all that man could ask thou hast granted me. Dost trust me not? Or what thing troubleth thee? I trust thee. But so many far and near do hate me. All King Peleus' house, and here Creon. Once bound by oaths and sanctities, thou canst not yield me up for such as these to drag from Athens. 
but a spoken word no more to bind thee which no god hath heard the embassies methinks would come and go they are all friends to thee ah me i know thou wilt not list to me so weak am i and they fulfilled with gold and majesty methinks tis a far foresight this thine oath still if thou so wilt have it nothing loath i am to serve thee mine own hand is so the stronger if i have this plea to show thy persecutors and for thee withal the bond more sure on what god shall i call swear by the earth thou treadst by the sun sire of my sires and all the gods as one to do what thing or not do make all plain never thyself to cast me out again nor let another whatsoe'er his plea take me while thou yet livest or art free never so hear me earth and the great star of daylight and all other gods that are oh, tis well and if thou falter from thy vow god's judgment on the godless break my brow go go thy ways rejoicing all is bright and clear before me go and ere the night myself will follow when the deed is done i purpose and the end i thirst for one iagos and his train depart farewell and maya's guiding sun back lead thee to thy hearth and fire aegeus and all the long desire that wasteth thee at last be won our eyes have seen thee as thou art a gentle and a righteous heart god and god's justice and ye blinding skies at last the victory dawneth yea mine eyes see and my foot is on the mountain's brow mine enemies <laughs> oh mine enemies now atonement cometh here at my worst hour a friend is found a very port of power to save my shipwreck here will i make fast mine anchor and escape them at the last in athens walled hill but ere the end tis meet i show thee all my counsel friend take it no tale to make men laugh withal straightway to jason i will send some thrall to entreat him to my presence comes he here then with soft reasons will i feed his ear how his will now is my will how all things are well touching this marriage-bed of kings for which i am betrayed all wise and rare and profitable yet will i make one prayer that my two children be no more exiled but stay oh not that i would leave a child here upon angry shores till those have laughed who hate me tis that i will slay by craft the king's daughter with gifts they shall be sent gift to the bride to spare their banishment fine robings and a carcanet of gold which raiment let her once but take and fold about her a foul death shall that girl die and all who touch her in her agony such poison shall they drink my robe and wreath howbeit of that no more i gnash my teeth thinking on what a path my feet must tread thereafter i shall lay those children dead 
mine, whom no hand shall steal from me away. Then leaving Jason childless, and the day as night above him, I will go my road to exile, flying, flying from the blood of these my best beloved, and having wrought all horror, so but one thing reach me not, the laugh of them that hate us. Let it come. What profits life to me? I have no home, no country now, nor shield from any wrong. That was my evil hour when down the long halls of my father out I stole, my will chained by a Greek man's voice, who still, oh, still, if God yet live, shall all requited be. For never child of mine shall Jason see hereafter living, never child beget from his new bride, who this day, desolate even as she made me desolate, shall die shrieking amid my poisons. Names have I among your folk, one light, one weak of hand, an eastern dreamer? Nay, but with the brand of strange sons burnt, my hate by God above, a perilous thing and passing sweet, my love. For these it is that make life glorious. Since thou hast bared thy fell intent to us, I, loving thee, and helping in their need man's laws, adjure thee, dream not of this deed. There is no other way. I pardon thee thy littleness, who art not wronged like me. Thou canst not kill the fruit thy body bore. Yes, if the man I hate be pained the more. And thou made miserable, most miserable. Oh, let it come! All words of good or ill are wasted now. She claps her hands. The nurse comes out from the house. Ho, woman, get thee gone and lead Lord Jason hither. There is none like thee to work me these high services. But speak no word of what my purpose is, as thou art faithful, thou, and bold to try all succours, and a woman even as I. The nurse departs. The sons of Erechtheus, the olden, whom high gods planted of yore, in an old land of heaven upholden, a proud land untrodden of war. They are hungered, and, lo, their desire with wisdom is fed as with meat, in their skies is a shining of fire, a joy in the fall of their feet, and thither with manifold dowers, from the north, from the hills, from the morn, the muses did gather their powers, that a child of the nine should be born. And harmony, sown as the flowers, grew gold in the acres of corn. And Cephasus, the fair-flowing river, the Cyprian dipping her hand, hath drawn of his dew, and the shiver of her touch is as joy in the land, for her breathing in fragrance is written, and in music her path as she goes, and the cloud of her hair, it is litten with stars of the wind-woven rose, so fareth she ever and ever, and forth of her bosom is blown as dews on the winds of the river and hunger of passions unknown strong loves of all godlike endeavour 
whom wisdom shall throne on her throne but cephisus the fair flowing will he bear thee on his shore shall the land that succors all succor thee who art foul among thy kind with the tears of children blind dost thou see the red gash growing thine own burden dost thou see every side every way lo we kneel to thee and pray by thy knees by thy soul o woman wild one at least thou canst not slay not thy child hast thou ice that thou shalt bind it to thy breast and make thee dead to thy children to thine own spirit's pain when the hand knows what it dares when thine eyes look into theirs shalt thou keep by tears unblinded thy dividing of the slain these be deeds not for thee these be things that cannot be thy babes though thine hardihood be fell when they cling about thy knee twill be well enter jason i answer to thy call though full of hate thou be i yet will not so far abate my kindness for thee nor refuse mine ear say in what new desire thou hast called me here jason i pray thee for my words but now spoken forgive me my bad moods oh thou at least wilt strive to bear with them there be many old deeds of love twixt me and thee lo i have reasoned with myself apart and chidden why must i be mad o heart of mine and raging against one whose word is wisdom making me a thing aboard to them that rule the land and to mine own husband who doth but that which being done will help us all to wed a queen and get young kings for brethren to my sons and yet i rage alone and cannot quit my rage what aileth me when god sends harbourage so simple have i not my children know i not we are but exiles and must go beggared and friendless else thought upon thought so pressed me till i knew myself full fraught with bitterness of heart and blinded eyes so now i give thee thanks and hold thee wise to have caught this anchor for our aid the fool was i who should have been thy friend thy tool gone wooing with thee stood at thy bedside serving and welcomed duteously thy bride but as we are we are i will not say mere evil women why must thou to-day turn strange and make thee like some evil thing childish to meet my childish passioning see i surrender and confess that then i had bad thoughts but now have turned again and found my wiser mind ho oh, children run quickly come hither out into the sun the children come from the house followed by their attendant and greet your father welcome him with us and throw quite quite away as mother does your anger against one so dear our peace is made and all the old bad war shall cease for ever go and take his hand as the children go to jason 
she suddenly bursts into tears. The children quickly return to her. She recovers herself, smiling amid her tears. Oh, me! I am full of hidden horrors. Shall it be a long time more, my children, that ye live to reach to me those dear, dear arms? Forgive. I am so ready with my tears to-day, and full of dread. I sought to smooth away the long strife with your father. And lo, now, I have all drowned with tears this little brow. She wipes the child's face. O'er mine eyes, too, there stealeth a pale tear. Let the evil rest, O God, let it rest here. Woman, indeed I praise thee now, nor say ill of thine other hour. Tis nature's way. A woman needs must stir herself to wrath when work of marriage by so strange a path crosseth her lord. But thou, thine heart doth wend the happier road. Thou hast seen ere quite the end what choice must needs be stronger, which to do shows a wise-minded woman. And for you, children, your father never has forgot your needs. If God but help him, he hath wrought a strong deliverance for your weakness. Yea, I think you with your brethren yet one day shall be the mightiest voices in this land. Do you grow tall and strong? Your father's hand guideth all else, and whatso power divine hath always helped him. Ah, may it be mine to see you yet in manhood, stern of brow, strong-armed, set high o'er those that hate me. How? Woman, thy face is turned. Thy cheek is swept with pallor of strange tears. Dost not accept gladly and of good will my benisons? Tis nothing, thinking of these little ones. Well, take heart, then. I will guard them from all ill. I do take heart. Thy word I never will mistrust. Alas, a woman's bosom bears but woman's courage, a thing born for tears. What ails thee? All too sore thou weepest there. I was their mother. When I heard thy prayer of long life for them, there swept over me a horror, wondering how these things shall be. But for the matter of my need that thou should speak with me, part I have said, and now will finish. Seeing it is the king's behest to cast me out from Corinth, I and best, far best for me, I know it, not to stay longer to trouble thee and those who sway the realm, being held to all their house a foe. Behold, I spread my sails, and meekly go to exile. But our children, could this land be still their home a while, could thine own hand but guide their boyhood? Seek the king, and pray his pity, that he bid thy children stay. He is hard to move. Yet surely twere well done. Bid her, for thy sake, for a daughter's boon. Well thought, her I can fashion to my mind. Surely, she is a woman like her kind. Yet I will aid thee in thy labour. I will send her gifts, the fairest gifts that lie in the hands of men, things of the days of old, fine robings and a carcanet of gold by the boy's hands. Go quick, some handmaiden, and fetch the raiment. A handmaid goes into the house. Ah, her cup shall then be filled indeed. What more should woman crave, being wed with thee, the bravest of the brave, and girt with raiment which of old the sire of all my house the sun gave, steeped in fire to his own fiery race? 
the handmaid has returned bearing the gifts come children lift with heed these caskets bear them as your gift to her being bride and princess and of right blessed i think she will not hold them light fond woman why wilt empty thus thine hand of treasure doth king creon's castle stand in stint of raiment or in stint of gold keep these and make no gift for if she hold jason of any worth at all i swear chattels like these will not weigh more with her oh chide me not tis written gifts persuade the gods in heaven and gold is stronger made than words innumerable to bend men's ways fortune is hers god maketh great her days young and a crowned queen and banishment for those two babes i would not gold were spent but life's blood ere that come my children go forth into those rich halls and bowing low beseech your father's bride whom i obey ye be not of her mercy cast away exiled and give the caskets above all mark this to none but her to hold with all and keep go quick and let your mother know soon the good tiding that she longs for go she goes quickly into the house jason and the children with their attendant depart now i have no hope more of the children's living no hope more they are gone forth unto death the bride she taketh the poison of their giving she taketh the bounden gold and openeth and the crown the crown she lifteth about her brow where the light brown curls are clustering no hope now o sweet and cloudy gleam of the garments golden the robe it hath clasped her breast and the crown her head then then she decketh the bride as a bride of olden story that goeth pale to the kiss of the dead for the ring hath closed and the portion of death is there and she flieth not but perisheth unaware o bridegroom bridegroom of the kiss so cold art thou wed with princes art thou girt with gold who knowest not suing for thy child's undoing and on her thou lovest for a doom untold how art thou fallen from thy place of old o mother mother what hast thou to reap when the harvest cometh between wake and sleep for a heart unslaken for a troth forsaken lo babes that call thee from a bloody deep and thy love returns not get thee forth and weep enter the attendant with the two children medea comes out from the house mistress these children from their banishment are spared the royal bride hath mildly bent her hand to accept thy gifts and all is now peace for the children ha why standest thou confounded when good fortune draweth near oh god this chimes not with the news i bear oh god have mercy is some word of wrath here hidden that i knew not of and hath my hope to give thee joy so cheated me thou givest what thou givest i blame not thee thy brows are all o'ercast thine eyes are filled for bitter need old man 
The gods have willed, and my own evil mind, that this should come. Take heart. Thy sons one day will bring thee home. Home? I have others to send home. Woe's me. Be patient. Many a mother before thee hath parted from her children. We poor things of men must needs endure what fortune brings. I will endure. Go thou within, and lay all ready that my sons may need to-day. The attendant goes into the house. O oh, children, children mine, and you have found a land and home, where leaving me discrowned and desolate for ever will you stay, motherless children. And I go my way to other lands, an exile, ere you bring your fruit home, ere I see you prospering, or know your brides, or deck the bridal-bed, all flowers, and lift your torches overhead. Oh, cursed be mine own hard heart! T'was all in vain, then, that I reared you up, so tall and fair. In vain I bore you, and was torn with those long pitiless pains when you were born. Oh, wondrous hopes my poor heart had in you, how you would tend me in mine age, and do the shroud about me with your own dear hands, when I lay cold, blessed in all the lands that knew us. And that gentle thought is dead. You go, and I live on, to eat the bread of long years, to myself most full of pain. And never, your dear eyes, never again shall see your mother far away being thrown to other shapes of life. My babes, my own, why gaze ye so? What is it that ye see? and laugh with that last laughter. Woe is me, what shall I do? Women, my strength is gone, gone like a dream since once I looked upon those shining faces. I can do it not. Oh, good-bye to all the thoughts that burned so hot aforetime. I will take them and hide them far, far from men's eyes. Why should I seek a war so blind, by these babes' wounds to sting again their father's heart, and win myself a pain twice deeper? Never, never! I forget henceforward all I laboured for. And yet what is it with me? Would I be a thing mocked at, and leave mine enemies to sting unsmitten? It must be, O coward heart, ever to harbour such soft words. Depart out of my sight, ye twain. The children go in. And they whose eyes shall hold it sin to share my sacrifice, on their heads be it. My hand shall not swerve now. Oh, oh thou wrath within me! Do not thou, do not! Down! Down, thou tortured thing, and spare my children. They will dwell with us, I, there, far off, and give thee peace. Too late, too late. By all hell's living agonies of hate, they shall not take my little ones alive to make their mock with. 
Howsoe'er I strive, the thing is doomed, it shall not escape now from being. Ay, the crown is on the brow, and the robe girt, and in the robe that high queen dying. I know all. Yet, seeing that I must go so long a journey, and these twain a longer yet and darker, I would fain speak with them ere I go. A handmaid brings the children out again. Come, children, stand a little from me. There. Reach out your hand, your right hand, so, to mother. And good-bye. She has kept them hitherto at arm's length, but at the touch of their hands her resolution breaks down, and she gathers them passionately into her arms. Oh, darling hand! Oh, darling mouth! And I, and royal mean and bright, brave faces clear, May you be blessed, but not here. What here was yours your father stole? Oh, God, the glow of cheek on cheek, the tender touch, and, oh, sweet scent of childhood. Go, go! Am I blind? Mine eyes can see not when I look to find their places. I am broken by the wings of evil. Yea, I know to what bad things I go, but louder than all thought doth cry anger, which maketh man's worst misery. She follows the children into the house. My thoughts have roamed a cloudy land, and heard a fierier music fall than woman's heart should stir withal. And yet some muse majestical, unknown, hath hold of woman's hand, seeking for wisdom, not in all, a feeble seed, a scattered band, thou yet shalt find in lonely places, not dead amongst us, nor our faces turned all way from the muse's call. And thus my thought would speak, that she, who ne'er hath borne a child nor known, is nearer to felicity. Unlit she goeth and alone, with little understanding what a child's touch means of joy or woe, and many toils she beareth not. But they within whose garden fair that gentle plant hath blown, they go deep-written all their days with care, to rear the children, to make fast their hold, to win them wealth and then much darkness, if the seed at last bear fruit in good or evil men. And one thing at the end of all abideth, that which all men dread. The wealth is won, the limbs are bred to manhood, and the heart withal honest. And lo, where fortune smiled, some change, and what hath fallen? Hark! Tis death, slow winging to the dark, and in his arms what was thy child. What, therefore, doth it bring of gain to man, whose cup stood full before, that God should send this one thing more, of hunger and of dread, a door set wide to every wind of pain? Medea comes out alone from the house. Friends, 
this long hour I wait on fortune's eyes, and strain my senses in a hot surmise what passeth on that hill. Ah! Even now there comes! Tis one of Jason's men, I trow! His wild perturbed breath doth warrant me the tidings of some strange calamity. Enter messenger. Oh, dire and ghastly deed! Get thee away, Medea! Fly! Nor let behind thee stay one chariot's wing, one keel that sweeps the seas. And what hath chanced to cause such flights as these? The maiden princess lieth, and her sire the king, both murdered by thy poison fire. Oh, most happy tiding, which thy name prefers henceforth among my friends and well-wishers. What sayest thou? Woman, is thy mind within clear, and not raving? Thou art found in sin most bloody, wrought against the king's high head, and laughest at the tale, and hast no dread? I have words also that could answer well thy word. But take thine ease, good friend, and tell how died they. Hath it been a very foul death, prithee? That were comfort to my soul. When thy two children, hand in hand entwined, came with their father, and passed on to find the new-made bridal-rooms. Oh, we were glad, we thralls, who ever loved thee well, and had grief in thy grief. And straight there passed a word from ear to ear, that thou and thy false lord had poured peace-offering upon wrath foregone. A right glad welcome gave we them, and one kissed the small hand, and one the shining hair. Myself, for very joy, I followed where the women's rooms are. There our mistress, she whom now we name so, thinking not to see thy little pair, with glad and eager brows sate waiting Jason. Then she saw, and slow shrouded her eyes, and backward turned again, sick that thy children should come near her. Then thy husband quick went forward, to entreat the young maid's fitful wrath. Thou wilt not meet love's coming with unkindness. Nay, refrain thy suddenness, and turn thy face again, holding as friends all that to me are dear, thine husband, and accept these robes they bear as gifts, and beg thy father to unmake his doom of exile on them for my sake. When once she saw the raiment, she could still her joy no more, but gave him all his will, and almost ere the father and the two children were gone from out the room, she drew the flowered garments forth, and sate her down to her arraying, bound the golden crown through her long curls, and in a mirror fair arranged their separate clusters, smiling there at the dead self that faced her. Then aside she pushed her seat, and paced those chambers wide alone, her white foot poising delicately, so passing joyful in those gifts was she, and many a time would pause straight-limbed, and wheel her head to watch the long fold to her heel sweeping. And then came something strange. Her cheek seemed pale, and back with crooked steps, and weak groping of arms she walked, and scarcely found her old seat, that she fell not to the ground. Among the handmaids 
was a woman old and grey who deemed i think that pan had hold upon her or some spirit and raised a keen awakening shout till through her lips was seen a white foam crawling and her eyeballs back twisted and all her face dead pale for lack of life and while that old dame called the cry turned strangely to its opposite to die sobbing oh swiftly then one woman flew to seek her father's rooms one for the new bridegroom to tell the tale and all the place was loud with hurrying feet so long a space as a swift walker on a measured way would pace a furlong's course in there she lay speechless with veiled lids then wide her eyes she oped and wildly as she strove to rise shrieked for two diverse waves upon her rolled of stabbing death the carcanet of gold that gripped her brow was molten in a dire and wondrous river of devouring fire and those fine robes the gift thy children gave god's mercy everywhere did lap and lave the delicate flesh till up she sprang and fled a fiery pillar shaking locks and head this way and that seeking to cast the crown somewhere away but like a thing nailed down the burning gold held fast the anadem and through her locks the more she scattered them came fire the fiercer till to earth she fell a thing save to her sire scarce nameable and strove no more that cheek of royal mien where was it or the place where eyes had been only from crown and temples came faint blood shot through with fire the very flesh it stood out from the bones as from a wounded pine the gum starts where those gnawing poisons fine bit in the dark a ghastly sight and touch the dead we durst not we had seen too much but that poor father knowing not had sped swift to his daughter's room and there the dead lay at his feet he knelt and groaning low folded her in his arms and kissed her o oh, unhappy child what thing unnatural hath so hideously undone thee or what wrath of gods to make this old grey sepulchre childless of thee would god but lay me there to die with thee my daughter so he cried but after when he stayed from tears and tried to uplift his old bent frame lo in the folds of those fine robes it held as ivy holds strangling among your laurel boughs oh then a ghastly struggle came again again upon his knee he writhed but that dead breast clung still to his till wild like one possessed he dragged himself half free and lo the live flesh parted and he laid him down to strive no more with death but perish for the deep had risen above his soul and there they sleep at last the old proud father and the bride even as his tears had craved it side by side 
For thee? Oh, no word more. Thyself will know how best to baffle vengeance. Long ago I looked upon man's days, and found a gray shadow, and this thing more I surely say, that those of all men who are counted wise, strong wits, devisers of great policies, do pay the bitterest toll. Since life began, hath there in God's eye stood one happy man? Fair days roll on, and bear more gifts or less of fortune. But to no man happiness. Exit messenger. Wrath upon wrath, meseems, this day shall fall from God on Jason. He hath earned it all. O miserable maiden, all my heart is torn for thee, so sudden to depart from thy king's chambers and the light above, to darkness, all forsake of Jason's love. Women, my mind is clear. I go to slay my children with all speed, and then away from hence. Not wait yet longer till they stand beneath another and an angrier hand to die. Yea, howsoe'er I shield them, die they must. And seeing that they must, tis I shall slay them, I, their mother, touched of none beside. O, oh, up, and get thine armour on, my heart! Why longer tarry we to win our crown of dire inevitable sin? Take up thy sword, O poor right hand of mine, thy sword, then onward to the thin-drawn line where life turns agony. Let there be naught of softness now, and keep thee from that thought, born of thy flesh, thine own beloved. Now for one brief day forget thy children. Thou shalt weep hereafter. Though thou slay them, yet sweet were they. I am sore unfortunate. She goes into the house. O earth, our mother, and thou all seer, arrowy crown of sunlight, manward now look down, O look down. Look upon one accursed, ere yet in blood she twine red hands, blood that is thine. O son, save her first, she is thy daughter still, of thine own golden line. Save her, or shall man spill the life divine? Give peace, O fire that diest not, send thy spell to stay her yet, to lift her afar, afar. A tortured, changed spirit, a voice of hell wrought of old wrongs and war. Alas for the mother's pain, wasted! Alas, the dear life that was born in vain! Woman, what makest thou here, thou from beyond the gate, where dim simple gates clash in the dark blue seas, the shores where death doth wait? Why hast thou taken on thee to make us desolate, this anger of misery and guilt of hate? For fierce are the smitings back of blood once shed where love hath been, God's wrath upon them that kill, and an anguished earth and the wonder of the dead haunting as music still.
A cry is heard within. Hark! Did ye hear? Heard ye the children's cry? O miserable woman! O abhorred! What shall I do? What is it? Keep me fast from mother! I know nothing. Brother! Oh, I think she means to kill us. Let me go. I will. Help! Help! And save them at the last. Yes, in God's name! Help quickly, ere we die! She has almost caught me now. She has a sword. Many of the women are now beating at the barred door to get in. Others are standing apart. Thou stone, thou thing of iron, Wilt verily spill with thine hand that life, The vintage stored of thine own agony? A mother slew her babes in days of yore. One, only one, from dawn to eventide. I know, God maddened, whom the queen of heaven set frenzied, Flying to the dark, and she cast her for sorrow to the wide salt sea, Forth from those rooms of murder unforgiven, Wild-footed from a white crag of the shore, And clasping still her children twain, she died. O love of woman, charged with sorrow sore, What hast thou wrought upon us? What beside resteth to tremble for? Enter hurriedly Jason and attendants. Ye woman by this doorway clustering, speak! Is the doer of the ghastly thing yet here or fled? What hopeth she of flight? Shall the deep yawn to shield her? Shall the heights send wings and hide her in the vaulted sky to work red murder on her lords and fly unrecompensed? But let her go. My care is but to save my children, not for her. Let them she wronged requite her as they may, I care not. Tis my sons I must some way save ere the kinsmen of the dead can win from them the payment of their mother's sin. Unhappy man, indeed thou knowest not what dark place thou art come to. Else, God wot, Jason, no word like these could fall from thee. What is it? Ha! The woman would kill me! Thy sons are dead, slain by their mother's hand. How? Not the children! I scarce understand. O oh God, thou hast broken me! Think of those twain as things once fair, That ne'er shall bloom again. Where did she murder them? In that old room? Open, and thou shalt see thy children's doom. O oh, thralls, unloose me yonder bars! Make more of speed, wrench out the jointing of the door, And show my two-edged curse the children dead! The woman! All this sword upon her head! While the attendants are still battering at the door, Medea appears on the roof, standing on a chariot of winged dragons, in which are the children's bodies. What make ye at my gates? Why batter ye with brazen bars, seeking the dead and me who slew them? Peace! And thou, if aught of mine thou needest, speak, though never touch of thine shall scathe me more. Out of his firmament my father's father, the high sun, hath sent this that shall save me from mine enemy's rage. Thou living hate, thou wife in every age abhorred, blood-red mother who didst kill my sons and make me as the dead, 
and still canst take the sunshine to thine eyes and smell the green earth reeking from my den of hell i curse thee now all mine eyes can see that then were blinded when from savagery of eastern chambers from a cruel land to greece and home i gathered in my hand thee thou incarnate curse what that betrayed her home her father her O oh god hath laid thy sins on me i knew i knew there lay a brother murdered on thy hearth that day when thy first footstep fell on argo's hull argo my own my swift and beautiful that was her first beginning then a wife i made her in my house she bore to life children and now for love for chambering in men's arms she has murdered them a thing not one of all the maids of greece not one have dreamed of whom i spurned and for mine own chose thee a bride of hate to me and death tigress not woman beast of wilder breath than Scylla shrieking o'er the Tuscan sea. Enough. No scorn of mine can reach to thee. Such iron is o'er thy eyes. Out from my road, thou crime-begetter, blind with children's blood. And let me weep alone the bitter tide that sweepeth Jason's days. No gentle bride to speak with more, no child to look upon whom once I reared. All Oh, forever gone an easy answer had i to this swell of speech but zeus our father knoweth well all i for thee have wrought and thou for me so let it rest this thing was not to be that thou shouldst live a merry life my bed forgotten and my heart uncomforted thou nor thy princess nor the king that planned thy marriage drive medea from his land and suffer not Call me what thing thou please, Tigris, or Scylla from the Tuscan seas. My claws have gripped thine heart, and all things shine. Thou too hast grief. Thy pain is fierce as mine. I love the pain, so thou shalt laugh no more. Oh, what a womb of sin my children bore! Sons did ye perish for your father's shame. How, it was not my head that murdered them! Twas thy false wooings, twas thy trampling pride. Thou hast said it, for thy lust of love they died. And love to women a slight thing should be? To women pure, all thy vile life to thee. Think of thy torment. They are dead, they are dead. No, quick, great God, quick curses round thy head. The gods know who began this work of woe. Thy heart and all its loathliness they know. Loathe on, but, oh, thy voice, it hurts me sore. Ay, and thine me, wouldst hear me then no more? How? Show me but the way, tis this I crave. Give me the dead to weep and make their grave. Never. Myself will lay them in a still green sepulchre, where Hera by the hill hath precinct holy, that no angry men may break their graves and cast them forth again to evil. So I lay on all this shore of Corinth the high feast for evermore and right, to purge them yearly of the stain of this poor blood. And I to Pallas plain I go, to dwell beside Pandion's son Aegeus. For thee, behold, death draweth on, 
evil and lonely like thine heart. The hands of thine old Argo, rotting where she stands, shall smite thine head in twain, and bitter be to the last end thy memories of me. She rises on the chariot, and is slowly borne away. May they that hear the weeping child blast thee, and they that walk in blood! Thy broken vows, thy friends beguiled, have shut for thee the ears of God. Go, thou art wet with children's tears! Go thou, and lay thy bride to sleep. Childless I go to weep and weep! Not yet. Age cometh, and long years. My sons! Mine own! Not thine! but mine who slew them yes to torture thee once let me kiss their lips once twine mine arms and touch woe is me wouldst love them and entreat but now they were as nothing at the last o oh god to touch that tender brow thy words upon the wind are cast thou zeus wilt hear me all is said for naught I am but spurned away and trampled by this tigress, red with children's blood. Yet come what may, so far as thou hast granted, yea, so far as yet my strength may stand, I weep upon these dead, and say their last farewell, and raise my hand to all the demons of the air and witness of these things. How she who slew them will not suffer me to gather up my babes, nor bear to earth their bodies, whom... O stone of women, would I never know nor gotten to be slain by thee? He casts himself upon the earth. Great treasure halls hath Zeus in heaven, from whence to man strange dooms be given. Past hope or fear, and the end men looked for cometh not, and a path is there where no man thought, so hath it fallen here. End of section two. End of Medea by Euripides. Translated by Gilbert Murray.